Hello and welcome to the Teaching ELA Podcast. Got a little something different for you today. First off, my goal is to help teachers in and out of the classroom. That's why I started the podcast. That's why I started ELA Common Core Lesson Plans years ago. primary way I fulfill this goal of helping teachers in and out of the classroom is to deliver high-quality lesson plans that are ready to use now so you can leave on time today with a good lesson tomorrow. There's no... Because anyone can leave on time, right? Anyone can leave on time. But what's what's the sense in leaving on time if you're worried the entire time you're at home about tomorrow's classes, right? That's not really what I would call quality time. And again, that's why in 2015, I started ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. And that's why in August of this year, I launched the Teaching ELA Podcast. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA Podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms. Whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy, I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. Now today I have a different kind of podcast episode with the same goal in mind. The goal here is helping you in and out of the classroom. I will not be sharing lesson plans in this podcast. Don't worry. Every Monday you're going to get the teaching, the standard teaching ELA podcast with great lesson plans, great links, and some tips on helping you in the classroom, helping you get home on time without the stress of worrying about what's going on the next day. I am concerned about your mental health, especially at the start of the school year. So I want your time at home to be as stress-free as possible. Now, I know at the start of the year, stress-free is, well, you know, it's a relative term. Stress-free means less stress, I think. But I want your time at your school to be pleasant. Now, I started school this week. This is actually day three of, of my at my school. And as with most schools, we had time to prepare the week before the start of school. Now, even if you're not listening to this right when I create it, you might pick this podcast uh, up and subscribe to it later on in the school year. That's fine because what I'm going to share with you today has benefits regardless of the time of year. So last week we had the back to school teacher preparation week, whatever you want to call it. And I'm serious when I say this, I had no fewer than three teachers tell me personally they were looking for jobs by day three. Day three. Now, when I say three teachers told me personally, it's a small school I'm at. There's only about uh, 20 teachers, and half of them don't even like classes haven't even started. And I have teachers looking for jobs, not just like saying, uh, but they're actually actively looking for another job. And classes haven't even started. Now, do you feel overwhelmed at the start of school? Do you find yourself exhausted at the end of the day? I don't know about you, but I got home yesterday and the day before, and I was wiped out, wiped out in a good way in some respects, but in a not-so-good way in other respects. Does your health suffer at the beginning of the year? Are you stress-eating? You got in shape over the summer, and by the middle of October, it's all bad because you've been stress-eating for the last month, and now Halloween's coming up, and Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Love the holidays when I first started teaching. Well, I love them now, too. Holidays, hey. But I remember that first year teaching. For some reason, each department had the responsibility of bringing in snacks every day in December. I got fat. It's all right. Are you stress-eating? Are you emotional-eating? That used to happen to me at the beginning of the year. Does the thought of late August and September cause you stress? Make you go, <laughs> if you've answered yes to any of these questions, this podcast episode is for you because the cause of all this stress, of all this, what I call the start of the year suckiness, is not what you think it is. And once we know the cause of this stress, the cause of this 
Is misery too strong a word? I don't think so. We can find and implement a solution. So I know this is the Teaching ELA podcast, but if there's other teachers at your school who teach other subjects, they might benefit from this as well. Now, before I talk about the reason why the start of the school year sucks, I want to give you some background first. This is my 22nd year teaching, and I have always hated the first few weeks. Let me know if you can relate to the following story. This literally happened to me last week. So the school year started, well, Monday started, I came in with what I would consider the greatest schedule I've ever had. I only had three classes to prep for. And I am, some of you might be thinking that that's a lot, but I work at a very small school where most of us have four or five. Last year, I had six. So I come in, I have three classes I have to prepare for, the three classes that I was looking forward to the most for teaching. So I am excited. I am excited. Monday. Tuesday, everything's prepared. I only had three classes prepared for everything's prepared, getting ready for the district training. We know how those go, right? And then I get a phone call Wednesday night, colleague, and he says, hey, I was in on a scheduling meeting today and I'm not happy. He wasn't happy. He proceeded to tell me that every single student schedule in the school was changed on Wednesday. They've had all summer to do this, right? But they waited till Wednesday. I said, so of course, the immediate thing I thought of was not my four kids who attend the school, but my schedule. Has my perfect schedule been ruined? And of course it was. They had added two classes to my schedule. Not the same subject. Two subjects, two classes. They they combined all my other... So they doubled the number of students I had and added two new classes to my schedule. And guess what? If it wasn't for this inside scoop that I had, I wouldn't have found out until Friday. That's when the official announcement was made. Can anyone here relate? They've had all summer to work the schedule, but yours isn't ready by the start of school. Or they change it without telling you. I didn't get an email from... I didn't get any communication from the principal, from the counselor, from anyone. I found out because luckily a friend of mine sat in on the meeting and gave me the word and swore me to secrecy that I wouldn't tell anyone that he's the one who told me. Can anyone here relate to this? How do you think I felt? I'm going to get into how I felt. But some of you might be thinking, oh, no wonder the start of the school year sucks for you. You got uh, you got wham, wham whackled. It's an ac- academic term, wham whackled, by the way. But it's not the reason the start of the school year sucks. I'm not going to spoil it for you now. You're probably, we're, we're about eight minutes into this podcast episode and you're like, you haven't told us a real reason yet. It must be horrible if that's not it. So let's list some common occurrences to start the year that kind of puts us in a bad mood. These are universals. Even if your schedule wasn't doubled, even if your class load wasn't doubled two days before the start of school, you can relate to some of these. Let's talk about professional development meetings to start the year. How about those? You have 8 million things to do, but you're stuck in a meeting with someone from the district telling you that students do better when they are engaged in the lesson. No bleep, eh? So I got some someone with a doctorate sitting in his office telling me that, well, you know what? Students will learn more if they're engaged. Like, we didn't know this already. So I'm spending, I've got like 8 million things to do because they just switched my schedule and I got to listen to this. Oh, and good luck getting copies made since the copy person decided to take a week off at the start of school. Really? The start of school? You ever have that? People just, the most important week of the year and then people just mysteriously take the week off. And you're like, how'd the copy person get the week before school starts off? Or how'd the registrar suddenly call in for three straight days? What if I did that? Am I striking a chord with anyone? Oh, the cleaning crew didn't bother putting your desk back. Now, this is not what I don't want to happen here. I don't want the staff. I don't want you to think I'm uh, picking on staff because the support staff at my school is fantastic. Every school I've been at, the support staff has been fantastic, underappreciated, but they're just understaffed. Cleaning crew didn't put your desk back. And the computer people didn't hook up your computer. 
Nobody can find the textbook. You need to teach that class you've never taught before. And then school actually starts, and half your class informs you they didn't want your class, didn't sign up for your class, and don't plan on doing any work in your class. That's because your class is a dumping ground. Oh, and you don't have enough desks. I could go on, right? I mean, does any of this sound familiar? If not, then I guess we teach at different kinds of schools. Now, some of these problems I had teaching in a big city school, some of these problems I've had teaching in a small school, we'll accept the whole professional development meetings at the start of the year thing. That's happened at every school I've been at. So this is why we think the beginning of the school year sucks, but it's not really the reason. All these things I've listed, if someone were to ask us, why does the beginning of the school year suck so much? We would probably list a lot of those things. But before I continue, let me give you more background. In addition to 22 years of teaching, I married a life coach. Don't worry, I'm not going to get off fluffy duffy on you. My wife has a degree and the two of us went through a rigorous life coach certification program. I went through it with her, not because I'm an actual life coach, but I am qualified. I went through the certification program with her. I was her test student and then followed up by going through the certification training myself. Being your wife's test student, being your spouse's test student for a life certification program can go one of two ways. This one went well. I bring this up to emphasize that this isn't just one teacher speaking to his colleagues in and, and I can see you guys my friends, even though I've never seen you personally. I think if we, uh, if you came to work at my school, I think we'd be cordial at least. So I'm not just one teacher speaking to another. I, I'm a teacher with some life coaching cred- credentials, and I'm trying to help out my colleagues because this has been helpful to me. Because I know, I know what you're going through. This sounds cheesy, but I really do know what you're going through because I've been through it 22 times. So the reason the start of the school year sucks isn't because of all these things we've talked about. Isn't because of the horrible professional development. Isn't because our furniture wasn't set up. Isn't because our computer's not hooked up. Isn't because they switched your schedule out two days before school starts. The reason the start of the school year sucks is because of the meaning we create out of what happens at the start of the year. The circumstances themselves are neutral. It is not until we give them meaning that they ruin our day, our week, our month, our first semester, our entire school year, our lives. In other words, we take circumstances and attach negative thoughts to them. Now, it's easy, by the way, it's easy to attach a negative thought to having two classes added to your schedule two days before school. Trust me, I know I did it. It's easy to attach negative thoughts to the beginning of the year school meetings. It's also easy to attach negative meetings to things that really aren't negative at all. For whatever reason, our brain attaches negative meaning to things that aren't negative. So we attach negative thoughts to these circumstances. These negative thoughts create negative emotions, which lead us to take actions based on these negative emotions that then create negative results. This is some pretty heavy stuff. And all along, we thought it was getting, making, I thought it was the counselors turning our class into a dumping ground that made the start of the year suck. No, it's not. It's how, it's the meaning I attach to it. So now I want to be perfectly clear. This isn't just positive thinking mumbo jumbo, because that's not what I'm talking about. Because positive thinking makes me more angry, okay? Don't add two classes to my schedule and then expect me to be really excited and happy about it. That's not real. That's fake. So that's not what I'm talking about. So let's take a look at my previous scenario and I hope this clarifies it. And you can insert whatever your beginning of the year hangups are. My reaction to having two classes added to my schedule and the number of students in my classes doubling I was angry. I was furious. I was threatening, I'm going to get a new job. I'm switching schools. Principal's out to get me. These idiots don't know what they're doing. These were my thoughts. I can't believe they did this to me. I'm in the wrong profession. These were 
These were the thoughts that caused the emotions. Let me backtrack a little bit. My emotions were anger, disappointment, despair. What were the, th- but there were some thoughts behind this. My thoughts were, as I already said, I got screwed over. The administration is incompetent. This is too much for one teacher. They're out to get me. I wrote all these down, by the way. Principal doesn't understand what it's like to teach. This is my fault for choosing this stupid profession. If I weren't such a loser, I would be able to quit. I won't be able to sleep tonight. Some of you, sometimes we get stuck by thinking, oh, it's the emotions that create our thoughts, but it works the other way around. Our thoughts created the emotions. Notice how I went into blame. I became, I made myself a victim, blamed other people. And eventually, as you see with this last one, I started blaming myself. Something's wrong with me. How are we going to teach when we're calling, when we're, when we're blaming everyone for our unhappiness? So now that I recognized with help, I got some help again. My wife is a trained counselor and a life coach. She has a degree, marriage and family therapy. She has a life coach certification. I was able to recognize these thoughts. Once I I recognized it, then that's half the battle. Once I identified the thoughts that were creating these negative emotions, I could do something about it. But before before I re-examine my thoughts, let me explain even more. I've left some of this story out. First off, I work at a unique school. K through 12, there's about 250 students. Middle school, I'm doing the math in my head right now. 49 students in the middle school. High school's about the same. So a little over 100 students, middle school, high school combined. I teach both. So if you teach at the middle school, you also teach at the high school. Before the schedule has changed, I had, again, I already explained this, I had the perfect schedule. My schedule the year before, I taught six different classes. It was actually worse than the new schedule I had gotten this year. Oh, and there's a staffing shortage here. You see, my school is pretty isolated, hence the few number of students. There's also a staffing shortage. There is every year, by the way. This one, this year, not as bad as the others, which is why I almost had my perfect schedule. So let's go back to my thoughts. My thoughts that I got screwed over. Well, you know what? A lot of people got screwed over because everyone's schedule was changed. The entire middle school and high school got their schedules changed. All the students got their schedule changed. I wasn't being singled out. And what about the counselor who had to change all the schedules and then put up with the angry parents? And to be honest, if I were the principal, I would rather have me teach these classes than the other options available at the time. Would you rather a substitute teach? If you're the principal, honestly, this is what I thought, Would I rather have a substitute teacher teach sixth grade language arts or me? Would I rather have a substitute teacher teach 11th grade language arts or me? These were the two classes that were added, by the way. I'd rather have me. The principal made the right decision. Next thought, maybe the administration is incompetent. Again, I already addressed that. If I'm the administrator, who do I want teaching my sixth grade and 11th grade ELA? Some random person? Some unqualified teacher? Or me? an expert in the field who's done this for 22 years. And there's things they need to deal with that I don't know about. Now, the main incompetence was the way I was let to know. But again, they're busy. It was an honest mistake. The principal came to me personally and apologized for the way the change was made. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. It happens, right? Oh, the thought, this is too much for one teacher. That's odd because my schedule last year was more difficult and I did just fine. Thank you. And since I'm teaching the same things as last year, it will be easier. And that's true. I taught both those classes that were added the year before and have all my lesson plans, believe it or not, hey, hello, ELA lesson, ELA Common Core lesson plans.com is my website. The lesson plans are done. Principal doesn't understand what it's like to teach, and I don't understand what it's like to be a principal. We'll call that a draw. Fair enough, right? He doesn't know what, know what it's like to teach, but I don't know what it's like to do his job either. So 
We'll call it a draw. Next thought, this is my fault for choosing this stupid profession. Oh, you mean the profession that's allowed me to support a wife and five kids for the past 20 years? The one that's given me a 10-week vacation every summer and two weeks over Christmas? The one that allows me to see my kids at work? That's right, I get to see my kids while I'm at work. My son is in my class. My daughter has been in three of my classes. And I have two kids in elementary school that I can go visit during lunch three days a week. Did I really make a stupid choice? Now imagine if I would have let the thought hang in my head that this is all my fault for choosing this stupid profession. We've all said that before. Let's be honest. There are times when it's like, man, what was I thinking? What if that thought stays there? What if I don't address it? What results is that going to produce? What kind of job am I going to do if I think I chose a stupid profession? I think we know the answer to that because you have people in your school who think that way. And what kind of job do they do? You can tell. You can tell which teachers think that. I don't want to become one of them. But once I realized, once I recognized that that thought was there and it was causing some very negative emotions that would eventually lead to a poor job performance, I was able to look at this from a more logical approach. This career, this profession has been great for me and my family. All right, the thought, if I weren't such a loser, actually I could quit, but that would be dumb since I'm supporting a family. Really? That's what a loser, what losers do is quit, right? Quitters quit, losers lose. It would have been foolish to quit. I've already addressed that. Now I did have trouble sleeping, but since we were allowed to do our trainings from home that day because of this whole COVID-19 thing, you guys heard of that? You've heard about that at your school? We were allowed to do our, uh, trainings from home. So I was able to sleep in even. So it was all good. Now, once I examined my thoughts and replaced them with more reasonable thoughts, my feeling changed from anger, frustration, and desperation to, dang, I got lessons to prepare. I was back to work. This isn't positive thinking mumbo jumbo, fake it till you make it bull crap. I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. Do I fake it sometimes? Of course I do. Do I fake being excited about teaching sometimes? Heck yes. Do I pretend to be enthusiastic about a story I don't like? Yeah, I've been there. Do I smile at a meeting when this is the last place I want to be? Of course, but I don't subscribe to fake it till you make it bullcrap. I don't subscribe to positive thinking mumbo jumbo. Now, am I happy that my schedule changed? No. Heck no. School started. I'm still not happy about it. I don't have to be. But the negative emotions I was feeling because of my illogical thoughts no longer interfere with the job I have to do. So I show up. My schedule is neutral. It is what it is. It is what it is. So I can now do the job I'm paid to do. Doesn't mean I'm thrilled about it. Would I rather have my other schedule? Of course I would. So I'm not going to fake like this is a benefit or something because it's not. But I'm better capable of doing my job now that the negative motions have been gone because I got rid of the horrible thoughts I was thinking. So I want to review the steps I took when I first heard the news. Again, I received help from my beautiful bride who happens to be a certified life coach, marriage and family counselor. I'm passing him. You know, I'll be honest with you. At first, I wasn't going to do this pod. I wrote all this stuff out and felt so much better. And I thought, eh, I'm tired. I'm not going to do this. But I'm like, this, this information is invaluable. And it's something that could change the way you teach. I'm here to help. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing this. It sounds cheesy, but I want to pass this along to you because I know the struggles you have at the start of the school year. So I looked at the circumstance here after, after I was talked off the proverbial cliff, I looked at the circumstance as neutral, just the facts. I had two classes added to my schedule two days before school started. Just the fact, I just looked at that as a neutral thing that happened instead of getting all angry and thinking all the other thoughts that I was thinking. I recognized that everything else was a thought and that these thoughts were causing negative emotions. 
So once I looked at the circumstance as neutral, I was able to get rid of those thoughts that were causing the negative emotion. I examined the thoughts and got rid of the ones that weren't true and that weren't serving me and replaced them with thoughts that did serve me. So I looked at the thoughts. Are they true? Some of these thoughts were so ridiculous. I got rid of them. And the thoughts that were true weren't serving me. So I, so I got rid of those too. No, these new thoughts had to be believable. That's why positive thinking, mumbo jumbo, fake it till you make it doesn't work. The thoughts had to be believable. If you're trying to deceive yourself, this won't work. For example, one thing I've been able to do in the past year, again, with help with my thoughts is get in shape again. Went from about 203 pounds down to now, this morning I was at 168 pounds. Do the math, that's like 35. Any math teachers listening? It's okay if math teachers listen to this podcast today, by the way. Now, it wasn't easy to do that, but when I looked at myself weighing 203 pounds, I wanted to look like I look now. But I'm not saying things like, oh, you have the perfect body, because that's not, that wasn't believable. You know, people look in the mirror, it's like, oh, I am so fit. I am at my perfect weight. Well, I knew looking in the mirror that I wasn't fit and I wasn't at my perfect weight. And I would have rejected that. My brain would have rejected that thought immediately because it wasn't true. Now, what might have been true is I looked in the mirror and thought, you know what? I'm Mr. Blobby right now. That might have been true, but it certainly wasn't serving me to, to criticize my appearance and make, it me, make me feel awful. So I got rid of that thought, but I had to replace it with something I would believe. So I replaced it with, I have a body. I have a body. It's healthy. That was it. That was the thought. So no longer was I calling myself Mr. Blobby, even if, it, even if I thought it was true. It wasn't serving me. And no longer was I saying, I have the perfect body, because I knew that wasn't true. So I just said, you know, I have a Bobby. I have a Bobby. <laughs> I have a body. It's getting better. It's getting fitter. That was the truth. It served me. Now I can look and say, hey, you look good. I'm talking about myself. Does that make me narcissistic or arrogant? Maybe. I don't know. I, look, I do look good, though. Maybe I'll put a picture up. Back to the teaching school thing, changing, replacing my thoughts after this, what I thought was a horrible thing happened. It was not easy going from anger and despair to, eh, it is what it is. Took an hour or so for me to calm down enough so that I could start dumping the thoughts that weren't true and or weren't serving me. So let's take, this is just something, oh, you know what? I got 12 new kids in my class today and I only have four desks left. That's awesome. No, it doesn't have, you're going to probably be a little bit stressed. And that's okay. We're not, we're not judging here. So it takes some time to examine the situation. So, in fact, it took me to the middle of the next day to get to work on my class preparations because I knew eventually I would have to do that. But I wasn't ready. I had to go through this process of examining my thoughts, dumping the ones that weren't serving me or weren't true, and then getting on with what I needed to do. So let's apply the same process to other aspects of the start of school. We'll look at the start of the year professional development. We all have these. It could be any professional development. Circumstance. We have five hours of meetings scheduled on Friday morning. I have several classes to prep for and a classroom to set up. You guys ever been to this one? All these hours of meetings scheduled and all you want to do is go to your room, set it up and make some lesson plans. Or maybe it's the middle of the year. You got papers to grade. The thought is these meetings are a complete waste of freaking time. Now, is that statement true? Yeah. Is it serving us? No. Because we will do what it takes to make these meetings a freaking waste of time. It's that That's our thought. So even though the thought is kind of true, I don't find much use in these meetings, but it doesn't have to mean it's a waste of freaking time because this causes the emotions of frustration, anger, powerlessness. 
You're in there, you're frustrated, you want to get out. You're angry because your time is being wasted when you have so many things to do. And you feel like you don't have control over your own schedule. These are not good emotions to be coming from. This is not uh, establish a foundation of positive works. Your actions are sit and grumble during the meeting and spend 90 minutes complaining after the meeting. You guys ever done this one? You just get together and just talk about how stupid the meeting was instead of actually doing the work that you were complaining about not being able to do in the five hours of meetings before. The results are I make no friends and get nothing done after the meeting because I was angry. So I'm sitting there grumbling. Everyone's like, I was grumble butt over there. And then afterwards, I don't even get any work done. That's what I was complaining about in the first place. We can agree that the one reason the start of the school year sucks is these stupid meetings, but we're wrong. It sucks because of the thoughts we attach to it. Again, this isn't positive thinking mumbo jumbo. It's recognizing that we can control our thoughts even if we cannot control our circumstances. So here's how I handled this situation. I said this was hypothetical. This is really the case. These five hours of meetings were the day after I had two classes added. So it's real. You could probably relate. Circumstance. We have five hours of meetings scheduled on Friday morning. I have several classes to prep for and a classroom to set up. That was the circumstance. Thought. Remember, the thought must be believable. It must serve me. It must be true. You know what? It also should be kind. There's a good book, a recent book released by John Acuff called Soundtracks. I recommend it highly. Here are the thoughts I had. I can bring my computer to send copies to the printer. I can reconnect with teachers I haven't seen all summer. I can ask clarifying questions to the presenters, have a little fun, make friends, and not worry about being called on again. I can also read a book. Emotion, satisfaction, joy, connection, accomplishment. So we've changed from frustrated, angry, grumble, but to, you know what? He's back here having a good time. Actions. I made some jokes with my colleagues, met new colleagues, got two weeks worth of copies sent to the printer, read a substantial amount of Harry Potter, and didn't get called on because I'm pretty sure the presenters knew I was feeling a little feisty that day. Here's a fun thing you can do at these meetings because they're always bringing up these uh, buzz phrases. They're always talking about differentiation. We need rigor in our classroom. That's my that's my favorite. We need rigor. So what you do, and, and this is a little tip for me to you, when they call on you to address what rigor is or what differentiation is, I want you to turn the question back on them. Say, I have a general idea, but but I want to know what you think. And I'm telling you right now, they don't know. They don't know what rigor means. I mean, they can give you a, they'll either give you a textbook definition or they'll say, or they'll deflect it back to you because they can't really tell you what it is. So this is a fun thing to do at your next professional development. Anytime there's a buzz phrase used, ask them what it means. Ask your administrator what it means, your instructional supervisor, something or other. They have all sorts of these big wigs from the district office coming and telling us these things. Just ask them. Make them, and if they can't explain it to you, great, you've learned something, but chances are they can't, which means you can tell them whatever you want. Okay, results. I was prepared for the first day of school. I was able to help other teachers prepare for the start of school. So because, because I changed my approach and looked and, and changed my thoughts from this is a complete freaking waste of time, I changed it to I can bring my computer to send copies to the printer. I can reconnect with teachers. Even though what was being what was gone over at the professional development was a waste of time. I'm not even going to lie to you. It was, it was awful. I was able to make good come of it because my thoughts changed. So what did change? It wasn't the circumstance. It was the thoughts I attached to the circumstance, which changed my emotion, which changed my actions, which changed my results. I'm going to say this again. I still had five hours of meetings. The meetings were, the meeting content was just as dumb before as it was after. So the circumstance didn't change. 
the thoughts changed. That changed my emotion. That changed my action. So instead of being Mr. Grumpy and being angry all day and being overwhelmed and being too mad to work afterwards, I got stuff done and accomplished some stuff. This will work in every aspect of your life. It's how I lost 35 pounds since February. It's how I ran two 50-kilometer races over a four-month span. This is what I've accomplished since I started doing this. Lost 35 pounds. I've been wanting to run, uh, do ultra marathons for, for over a decade now. I actually did it because I changed my thoughts. That's how I recorded over 20 podcasts. I've recorded more than I've actually uploaded. I've made several posts on my website. I created tons of content for my fellow teachers at ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. All because I changed the way I think. Now, this sounds, again, I don't mean to sound like Fluffy Duffy Hufflepuffy here, but I'm just telling the truth. I'm just a regular dude who has decided to call his circumstances neutral, which has allowed him to change his thoughts and accomplish some things that were really holding him up. I'm speaking about myself in the third person. Trent Lorcher is speaking about himself in the third person. Keep in mind, we cannot change what happened, but we can change our thoughts and eventually change what will happen. Oh, that's catchy. I like it. So here's a challenge for you. Something is going to happen to you during the first month of school that sends you for a loop. You're going to be mad. It's going to be like a sucker punch. You're going to get sucker punched. You're going to get inconvenienced. You're going to get challenged. My challenge to you is to view that thing as neutral. So when four kids enter your class, you only have one desk. Look at that as neutral and choose what meaning you want to give it with your thoughts. Takeaways. Let's talk about some takeaways. Takeaway number one, the reason the start of school sucks every year is not because of what happens, but because of the thoughts we attach to what happens. Takeaway number two, by assigning the circumstances as neutral and recognizing that we are in control, we can rid ourselves of thoughts that are not true and that do not serve us. And remember, the thought must be believable for it to work. This isn't some checklist. All right, again, this was totally, I don't know if I'll be doing more of this type of podcast, if it's something you guys want, I'll do more of this, you know. Holidays come up. Frankly, teachers, well, not just teachers, everyone. Most people forget about their health. Gain weight. Maybe you don't want to gain weight this year. I could do a podcast about that. Whatever, whatever it is you want to hear. Maybe we could talk about uh, how to handle difficult students, difficult parents, difficult administrators, difficult, you fill in the blank. We get them all, don't we? Or maybe you don't care. Don't worry, though. Every Monday on the Teaching ELA podcast, you will get teaching ELA podcast episodes. I might just throw these in every Thursday, every other Thursday. It all Again, it all depends on whether or not you like it. If you don't like it, I won't do it. If you do like it, I'll do more. And if you do like it, give me a like and a review. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 